Hey, it's Alan. I want to uh, welcome a, another very, very special guest to my podcast, Pipeline to Profitability. And today I have none other than Victor Rancor. Now, Victor is the founder and CEO of Absolute Airflow, Heating and Air, based out of California, as well as Profit Rocket Business Blueprint. Welcome to the podcast, Victor. So good to Thanks have you. Me. Thanks for having me on, Alan. I'm excited to be on, and you know, I've been watching you from afar, and I think we've been uh, we've been fans of each other for a while. So it's glad to uh, not only finally meet you last week, but you know, get on get on your podcast as well. Yeah, thanks, Victor. And and I have to say, uh, the feeling is very mutual. And, uh, you know, one thing I know is that you and me, we're both very passionate about the industry. We love the heating and air, the heating, the cooling, the plumbing, the electrical industry. And we're about, I believe we're both on the same page. We're about what's best for the industry. So today, I would like to um, I mean, feel free to share anything that uh, you would like to share about Victor, um, maybe your humble beginnings or uh, what you're doing now. But today is all about what value we can provide for uh, for this great industry. Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of people have heard my story before. I mean, like I said, I, you know, been eight years, eight years ago in March uh, 2015, I got into this trade knowing nothing, man. I didn't know anything about heating and air conditioning. I answered a Craigslist ad to a company that said they would train me how to be a tech and and they'd pay me like 60 grand a year. And I was like, that sounds really great, you know, because I was broke and being broke sucks. So uh, that's how I got into the industry eight years ago. And, you know, one of the things that I've done since I've got in is just kind of put my head down and work. And and I've had a, uh, you know, and a lot of people come, they, they see, they meet me and they're like, man, you're like, you don't stop. And I'm like, I haven't stopped in eight years, man. I, I got given a gift and an opportunity to do something I never thought I was going to be able to do in my life. Like I thought I was going to be broke my whole life, man. Like I didn't know, I have no direction, no nothing. And, and I got blessed to get into this trade and, and it's changed my life. And I didn't take any day for granted. Right. So since day one, I wanted to be the best and I wanted to be the best technician. And then I wanted to be the best salesman. And then I wanted to be the best manager. And then I wanted to be the best business owner. And, and now I want to do a lot more for the industry, man. Like that's my, you know, I had a lot of people ask me and like, what's your drive? And I'm like, at this point, man, I want to change the way we think and we do business and, and kind of change a lot of guys' uh, mindsets. And, and that's kind of what I do through, through uh, my profit rocket stuff, through my group. And, and that's kind of what my legacy I want to be is that someone that changed the way things people, the way things are done. So I freaking love it, man. I really, uh, I really do look up to anyone like yourself that um, is willing to uh, to work hard and and share their passion with the industry. I mean, um, I'm um, I'm blessed that I've had many uh, great years in the industry. But and one of the things I'd like us both to talk about um, is our mentors and the people that have helped us to get to where we are. I mean, as you know. I'm blessed to have um, met some of the greats in the industry. Um, we we met the other day, so I add you to that list, Victor. But I've been blessed to have um, not only met some of the best in the industry. You know, I can go back to 2007, meeting Frank Blauer, going out for dinner with Frank, uh, meeting Ron Smith, spending time with Ron, Matt Michelle, David Heimer, Charlie Greer, Kenny Chapman, Mark Madison, and Joe Cunningham, who now... Um, I don't only look up to Joe because he came down to Australia to help me and hundreds of contractors in the industry. I'm blessed to 
be able to be partnered with Joe um, because I believe he is one of the greats. And uh, some of these great trainers, um, I don't think they get enough credit. No, and I'm sure if we could project forward 20, 30 years, you, Victor, will be known as one of the greats as well. But what I'd like to maybe spend a little bit, bit of time on today is about the great people in the industry and those that we look up to that have helped us to get to where we are or where we're going. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, most of this industry is R&D, right? Rob and Duplicate. And, and a lot of stuff is it's stuff where you stuff today that was, you know, guys that did 20, 30 years ago created, right? And and obviously, we all put our own spin on things and and how we go to business and every market's different. And, you know, as a as an owner of multiple companies in multiple different cities and states and and stuff like that, you got to see the difference. And 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 you got to. There's also you know East Coast and West Coast is different, and the trainers and the and the and the people that operate in those are different as well, and, and how they do business. Uh, I've been you know like I said, I've been blessed. I've been around. You know, I put myself. You know, you know that don't don't think that I just got around these people. I put myself in those positions to find a way to be around these people, right? And I and I believe that the more successful people you're around, the better you're going to be, the better more successful you're going to be. Um, so I know, obviously I started my career with probably one of the best to ever do it, which is Leland Smith out of uh, Southern California. He's grown a great business out here. You know, obviously he's sold for hundreds and hundreds of millions of dollars he's made for himself. But one of the big things that Leland always did was he put a lot of investment into his team, right? Like he invested a lot into his team. He didn't go and recruit people from other companies. He built his own. And I think that's one thing that always resonated with me with Leland, as opposed to a lot of these other guys that are trying to recruit, you know, employees from all these other companies. Leland went and invested in his own training, invested in his own staff and put a lot of money and effort into building his own because he found that he could create a better employee that way. So I think that's one of the one of the things that kind of resonated with me and how I've been able to scale my business so fast is that I go find people that were like me that were broke, didn't have any money, didn't have any direction, but they, they wanted to work hard. They just had, it was like, uh, you know, they were shooting targets all over the place rather than shooting one target. And uh, Leland gave me that target to shoot. And that's kind of what I do now is I, I bring guys in from scratch. You know, I got guys that were on food stamps last year. Now they're making 150,000, 200,000 a year, uh, stuff like that. And that's kind of one been one of my big mentors is Leland, you know, and, you know, obviously when I left there in 2018, uh, I never thought I was going to leave, man. I thought I was going to work at that company forever. Like I, I love working there. I love the environment and that he built and everything like that. So he's one of my big mentors. Um, there's, there's guys, you know, my business partner is probably one of my biggest mentors, uh, which is Bill Pulte. Um, you know, and a lot of people don't give him his credit for what he's done and, oh, he came from a rich family, but he's, he's probably one of the best business minds, uh, especially in the home service space. Like he's one of the guys that's actually sold businesses, he sold, uh, you know, he sold a star up in New York for almost eighty million dollars cash, not these earnout deals these other guys are getting. He sold the same thing with Southern Air. He sold that for seventy million. Uh, what we're doing in Arizona, uh, what he, what he's done in Arizona and Semperfy, taking a business from that was doing seven million dollars a year. This is two and a half years ago. To this year, they're going to do sixty million dollars and ten million dollars in EBITDA. Wow. Okay, in two and a half years. And and obviously there's the guys with the big names that everybody talks about, but Bill's one of the guys behind the scenes that's created a, you know, created a lot of wealth for himself. And he's invested a lot of time, energy, and effort into me uh to turn me into a businessman, right? When I met him, I was a great motivator. I was a great uh sales guy. I was great at getting people to do things, but after meeting him, it started flipping my switch in my head that was like, oh no, there's a whole other side to this thing in business and finance and the back end. 
And, you know, he took a lot of time and, and invested a lot of energy into me to create me. Not only, not only am I the best sales guy, not only am I the best motivator and, and, and I can get guys to go in a direction, but now I can understand finance because a lot of guys in this industry, we don't understand finance. We only, we only understand accounting, right? Mm -hmm. And what's the difference between accounting and finance? The difference between accounting and finance is accounting is just the scoreboard, right? So you get a score at the end of the month and know how you did. Finance is the is the day to day. How do we fluctuate to win at the end of the month? And so when you start learning finance and how to balance everything out, when you get to the end of that scoreboard, you're gonna be you're gonna be winning because you're not you're not waiting till the end to see if you won. You know if you're during the middle, beginning, and end if you're winning or not. And once I learned that, that that kind of changed the way that I operate and how I see things and. And how I see money, I guess. So that's been that's been great. He's been a great mentor. Um, and you know, obviously, you know, me and Ken Goodrich, we've had a, some good conversations. And I think Ken, one of the things that he did for me is he got me to see the 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 other side of the industry, like how successful you can become. Because uh, I remember in 2020, I got invited out to the Super Bowl on Ken's jet. And at that point I had, a, I had built a business. We had, we had a great year. I think we had did like, you know, $5 million our first year in business. And we, we were going into the next year planning on doing about $15 million. But at that point I was pretty broke, dude. Like I had, I invested every penny back into the business. So I remember I'm getting on this jet and I'm like, I had, I went and got myself a nice, nice jacket. I couldn't afford and a nice watch. I couldn't afford and, and all this stuff. And, and I'm getting on this jet with this guy and I'm thinking to myself, I'm like, dude, how is this? possible how did this dude build a business and be able to fly around on jets go to super bowls and you know he put me we flew out to miami on his private jet and we i'm in this like nice airbnb next thing you know we're on a hundred foot yacht going out to the keys to go watch a concert for the maxim super bowl party and i get there we're vip we're on the stage like how does this happen to a guy that just does hvac and i think that week in that week in uh, miami really changed the way that I, I foresee where I'm going, like where, what, is, what is possible. Cause I think it's one of those things in life until you see what's possible, you don't think it's possible. And once you see it, you're like, Oh, it is. Then you just got to figure out how to make it happen. Uh, so I'm grateful for that week in my, in Miami at the Super Bowl. you know, we party pretty hard, but I got to that when I left there, I left with a different fire in my belly that I'm like, okay, like Ken's obviously Ken's a smart guy, but I feel like I can figure it out too. And I think that's what left me with that drive. And ever since that, that trip, I've really had this thing in my head, like, dude, I want that. And I want the private jet and I want all this stuff. And I think that, uh, those have been the three things that have really motivated me and, and driven me and, and stuff like that. And, and now I just, I, I, I can really get off more. My most, my most exciting part of the day, Alan is, is really helping somebody else. Like I get so many, like, if you guys saw my direct messages all day long, and I answer every one of them uh, myself. So if you see all the messages I get every day, it's like, man, just those little little nuggets. And those guys are like, man, you helped me so much. You've done this. And I think that's what what drives me now. Fantastic. Um, Victor, you've covered quite a few things there. And I'd love to meet your friend, uh, your business partner, Bill, one day. I've heard of Bill Pulte and uh, only good things, of course. Ken Goodrich, we both have mutual friendship there. Ken's a great guy. And uh, I actually met Ken in 2013 at a comfort tech event in uh, Philadelphia, exactly the same time I met Joe Cunningham and both those people I've, uh, um, I've got to know really well. And Ken has been a fantastic inspiration for me as well as many others. But look, I one of the things you said that I'd like to double back to is you talked about 
Leland and growing technicians from within. Now, I'm a massive believer in this. Now, I've done uh, some podcasts. I've done some presentations on do we really have a skill shortage? Now, if we were to take if we were to take the the approach from Leland that I don't think we do have a tech shortage. I think we have a, a lack of training shortage because if we were to look at the McDonald's business principle where uh, they don't hire the highest skilled people, they hire the right people and they train them. Now, I'm a believer, and I was taught this by a mentor of mine many years ago that grew a, an electrical business in Sydney doing hundreds of millions of dollars a year sold made a lot of money, always said to me, where possible, hire from within. So if you were to look at surrounding yourself with um, the right people and then give them the skill, I think that's that's a better a better way to grow your business. Now, now, now me and Joe Cunningham, we have, so there's, we there's have one, trade there's schools one, in Houston. Sorry, one, won't be a we have trade schools in Houston that teach um, the skills. And I, I'm a believer that um, it's getting that right person on board. I'd like to maybe circle back to that, Victor. Sorry to cut you yeah. off, buddy. No, no. And, and I agree. And, and I've heard nothing but great things about the training you guys are doing out there. And, and I think the one thing that that really sucks and, and one of the things that I really want to push over, you know, the next 20 years of me doing this is is really trade school reform. Um, and that's something that I've, I've had a lot of conversation with. I, and I talk to a lot of the trade schools and I, and I go out and I communicate with them. That's something that I would like to do over the next 20 years is trade school reform and how they go about teaching guys and how and the guys are trying to attract into the industry. Because uh, I think a lot of the, the the thing is that we we're hiring the fix it guys, but half of the job is a communication job. And a lot of these trade schools, they don't teach the most important part of this because these guys get out of trade school and they think you're going to make money. And next thing you know, all they are is, you know, they're laborers at the best or apprentices and they go out and they try to run service calls and they can't run the calls and they can't make the money and, and then they give up. Um, so, you know, one of the things that, you know, is big for me is like, we have to understand that this is a, this is a sales business, right? No matter what, it's a transaction business and it's a people business, especially if we're in a residential in someone's house. And I feel like a trade schools have really failed a lot of technicians and a lot of people and spend, they spend a lot of their hard earned money and then they're not getting the fruits that they want out of it. And then they're pissed off, even though they really love the trades they wanted to get into it, but they didn't understand the other, the other side of it. So I think that's one of the big things that has to happen with the trade schools is understand that there's a technical side and there's a communication side. And that's what I teach is high level communication. You know, that's what I teach with Profit Rocket and Service Hero. And that's what I've teached over the last couple of years is this the nuances and the high level communication and think when to say things, how to say things, why to say things, how to use tonality, how to do these things. Because if you can teach that is when you you start creating these these guys that are really highly valuable, right? These companies want to hire. Because, you know, you could be the best tech in the planet, but if you can't bring in the company money and the company's not making any money and you guys are allergic to making money, then we're never going to have any, we're never going to have something there. So I think that what you guys are doing, the technical side of it, and, and I know you guys are probably teaching communication and stuff too, but like the, a lot of these trade schools just don't teach it. And I think that's the one thing that we've, we've you know, legally mastered and the thing that I mastered out here, you know, that I'm mastering out here, right? I got, you know, I got, I don't know how many technicians are in my training class in the other room right now, but we're, we're teaching these guys from scratch. I know nothing about HVAC. So I could teach them the skills, but the communication part is the hard thing. And, and it's really, it's hard to get people to understand that. But, you know, I think that if you want to grow a big business, you got to grow from within. 
But on the counter to that, one of the biggest failures in home service companies is promoting from within into management and into uh, leadership roles. Um, a lot of guys taking technicians to be managers is going to fail. Almost 90, 99% of the time, that's not going to work out because that technician is not going to be a good leader. Or trying to promote somebody from, from whatever position into a general manager or CFO. I truly believe that those are positions that if you want to grow and be uh, and excel as, a, as an operator in any market, you got to go find the guys that have done it before at other companies at a bigger, larger scale than yourself, and you got to hire them. And I think I agree. I agree 100% with that. Um, that, That's been the, that's been the biggest jump for me this year is I went and got guys that have already worked at hundred million dollar businesses. Now they're coming into mine and now, you know, everybody else is kind of reclining this year and I'm, we're up 140% year over year. Fantastic. And I really, um, I do congratulate you on your successes. Now, something that I've learned and, and look, this is such a good topic um, because everyone um, wants to know how to, grow their business and uh you know i hear so much complaining about a skill shortage and i i i look i've been in the industry for many years victor and uh i can go back to i mean i really only entered the industry as far as service goes let's let's call it 2003 to so 20 years ago um there was a skill shortage then good good people there's a skill shortage now so they say but um one of the things that I've observed, and you know, we've had training organisations in Australia um, teaching very similar things to what everyone's teaching now. And one of the things I've found, and it always um, confused me, um, is that the highest skilled guy, the guy that's got the highest technical skill, has got terrible communication, doesn't really like to sell, and then vice versa. And we, what, what I found was that the guys that really know their technical shit are great when they work with someone who's got the communication skill. And we, we, we used to do a lot of tag team effort where, you know, one guy goes in, he uh, troubleshoots, finds the problem. And then we'd bring in the guy that could really communicate with the customer. So I'm sure you're using a, a similar model, but uh, I'd love to explore that a little bit, Victor. Yeah. So we, we call them training visits or whatever. Right. So, you know, it's, it's like the technicians, the Trojan horse, right? Like the technicians going in there, everybody likes him. He's going to find out the problems. And then, you know, obviously his job is to diagnose it. At that point, we, you know, we get a manage a manager out there or a field supervisor, which is usually the, like you said, the, the more skilled communicator, right. That's going to come in. Um, you know, one of the things that, you know, we've done, right. Is we, we, we have some really, the guys that are in that sales position actually, technically too. So what I've been able to do in my business is eliminate service managers and make those field supervisors a the service manager. So if you want to be a sales guy for me, you got to be technically sound. You got to be, you got to be obviously communication skills got to be there, but then I give them their certain amount of tech. So they got five technicians underneath them. They have to manage those guys. So it's taken me and eliminated in a position of service manager. Cause now that's that direct upline to them. Uh, and because I found the service manager usually is, is never, never one or the other, never really that technical, never really that great a communicator. And it's really hard to find someone that wants to work at a salary for that. Um, so what we found is that we, we found these guys that were my best selling technicians, and then we turned them into now they're the field supervisors that are coming in behind the guys. So we groom them. So as they grow and they get, so they, they start as a, as a regular maintenance technician and they move up to be, you know, start turning more leads. Once they prove they could turn leads, they can start selling their own jobs. 
And once they get to the point where they're selling their own jobs and doing all that stuff, now it's time for them to take some bait, little bait guppies underneath them. We'll bring in the new puppies and they're, they're going to train those new puppies underneath them. So we have, they'll have like four or five new technicians that are green, right? And those guys are now, their job is to cultivate them into being the next guy like them. Um, so yeah, hundred percent. Like you can't, if you guys get a new guy out of training, you got to set him with a communicator. Like you got, if you got a technical guy from training school or from your school, you know, put your best communicator with them in the beginning so that they can start learning. They have to be around it and learn. Uh, but some guys just never evolved past that turning tech phase, which is okay because you still need guys to turn leads. Um, but sometimes you'll you'll be surprised how many of those technical guys being around the sales guys long enough will be able to be able to get to that point. Fantastic. It's um, you know, like uh, yeah, I could turn the clock back to let's say two thousand and five. Um, most people don't know a lot about Australia, but we were well behind when it comes to flat rate pricing. And uh, and I brought flat rate pricing to Australia. It was around 2005, 2006. And with flat rate pricing came all the best practice that I learned from the best companies in the US. I mean, I'm not afraid to, I've, I've been to the US probably 50 plus times now. I'm not afraid to I, I am based in Houston now, but um, I wasn't afraid to hop on a on a on a short flight, like uh, 15, 17 hours from Sydney to the West Coast, and uh, to go to a trade show to learn from the best and bring that best practice back to Australia. But one of the things that uh, you know has always stuck with me when it comes to sales, and you know, I we grew our company, got to about a hundred staff, and uh, I don't know if I've shared with you, but we had the the uh, one of the biggest um, media attacks in Australian history by um, media thought that um, me owning a service company and teaching technicians how to sell um, was a bad thing. But anyway, that's a that's a completely different subject we can have offline. But one thing that I, I I've learned from and and look when I look at my mentors, let's say Joe. Uh, Cunningham, Ron Smith, they all learn from the greats like the Tom Hopkins, the Zig Ziglars, the Jim Rohns. So there's not that, you know, we've got the greats that have taught, you know, the people that we learn from. But one thing that I learned when it comes to sales is, is everyone loves to buy, right? But no one really likes to be sold. And that's something that we, we have to understand that the customer is calling us, they're calling us into the home as a professional not as a um, as a salesman. So I'd like to, you know, I'm sure you had something you'd like to uh, expand on that one, Victor. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, I have the same com this communication with my staff all the time, right? And and it has to lead with service. So you know, if I'm coming into a service call, we have to go in with the servant mindset, right? Like I'm going in there to do an amazing job, an amazing tune up. And my job is to be an educator, right? So I'm going to educate them on what we're doing and let them make the decision. So one of the things that I'm really big on is is my skill set is how do I turn a tune-up into a $30,000 job, right? I go in there for 59 bucks, I leave with $30,000. And this is what I was really good at as a technician, as a sales rep, and that's what I specialize in, right? And especially in California, we don't have the weather. Like it's not 100 degrees all the time. It's, you know, 65, 75 degrees most of the year. So we have to survive off of tune-ups and, and I really teach an education process. So like my tune-up process, anybody that's ever been through my classes are like, I've never seen anything like this. And I'm like, yeah, because I've mastered it down to the exact things, when to say it, why to say it, how to say it, how to do it. 
And the reason I do it is because it's you got to take the customer along for a ride. So I found that a lot of technicians like to be what I call like ninjas in the house, right? Like the customer doesn't even know you're there. You go in and do a service and you're in and out and they don't even, they, you didn't bring them along for the ride. You didn't educate them. You didn't show them the things. I believe that you have to bring all your, all the senses into what you're doing, right? You got to feel it. You got to touch it. You got to smell it. Like, I feel like you got to get the customer really involved in what the, what's going on. And if you're able to do that, they're able to make a more educated decision. So I have a, I have a belief that anything that's on an option sheet and you're, if you go to a table for the customer, it should, nothing should ever be on an option sheet that wasn't communicated throughout the call process and shown to the customer. Okay. So if you go sit down on the table and you tell the customer never went outside, you come in and say, you need a new fan motor. It's leaking oil, but you didn't have that customer come out there, look at the oil, make them touch it. Like I'll have, I'll have, I'll hold the motor. I'm like, here, touch it. Is that hot or whatever it is? Cause then it brings it in and it creates this customer. And the customer now says, oh yeah, it is leaking oil. Oh yeah, this is happening. And then we can ask them what we want to do with it rather than tell them they have to do something. So when I get it to make it the customer's decision rather than my decision is when the success rate goes way up. But anytime we tell somebody, if you're just telling, 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 telling and not showing, then you're not going to be as successful as you could be. So that's one of the big things in our in our process and how we do it. And, and there's obviously I have a very written out process to do it, but that's why we're able to be so highly successful on tune-ups. And people ask, like, my guys want to run tune-ups more. They want to run the diagnostic calls because if I run a diagnostic, that customer's already Googling how much is an air conditioner, how much is this, how much is that, all these things. If I go out there on a tune-up and I'm able to educate them and put them on the market and take them off the market before they ever went into the education stage or trying to figure out, you know, Google everything, that I'm going to have a high, higher success rate and, and a higher closing average ticket, stuff like that. So I think that's what's been the main driver of our business is that tune-up process and really educating the customer, really bring them along for the ride. But on top of that, it's created what I like to call raving fans. So in four years in my business, we have over 2,000 five-star reviews, probably more than that between all the locations. How does that happen? Why do we not have any bad reviews, but we're the most expensive on the market? Because we do everything the right way and it's 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 uniform every single call. This is how we do business, how we do business. So the customer expects high level of service. And that's why we're able to charge more. And that's why the customers are happy. Fantastic. It's the perfect business model. And uh it nearly the way you run your company is nearly identical to how I how I run mine. And um proud of everything you've accomplished, buddy. And it's really um nice to have met you and great to know you. So we're at the end of the podcast and I always finish off with asking you what book you're reading at the moment. Is there anything that pops to mind, comes to mind that you might like to uh, share with um, our listeners? Yeah. Can I be frank with you? I don't, I don't read myself. So <laughs> I know you, I saw audio you book that. listening, or maybe a, um, there might be a podcast um, or something that is, is inspiring you at the moment. <laughs> I, I really wish there was, and I wish I, you know, everyone always asks this and, and it's one of those things is I, I, I don't read much. I don't listen to podcasts much. I'm literally, I would say most of my time is spent on my phone talking to people all day. If I'm driving, I, sometimes I like to drive in silence cause I'm on the phone so much. Okay. Um, but I, yeah, I wish I could give you one. I know obviously, you know, Tommy Mello's new book just came out elevated, Elevate. Um, you know, and if, or elevate. And I think that's, you know, if Tommy wrote it, Tommy took his time to, to do it. Uh, I know it's going to be a good book. Uh, I, I just, I have really bad ADHD, like beyond, like, like I don't take medication for it, but it's so bad. I can't focus on anything. So I have a hard time reading or even listening to audio books or any of that stuff, man. It, it's, it's, it's like, it's almost crippling, but it, it's with definitely, uh, 
it's something I don't like to talk about much, but yeah, it's 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 hard. I've, I haven't read a I haven't read a full book since I was three years old. Or since really I was do in third, really in third do grade. appreciate you sharing that with us, Victor. And uh, look, um, this has been good. I've really enjoyed it, and uh, but definitely, I'm I haven't got um, Tommy Tommy's book yet, but um, um, I'm going to get that. It's not on Audible yet. I tend to. Uh, I was in, I was doing a podcast the other day where I where I I said. Uh, I have a problem with reading myself because it uh, sort of puts me to sleep. So I try not to read while I'm driving, but um, I love audible and I love Liz because I've got Tommy's last book, the home service millionaire. I've got it. I, I've, I've read it and I've listened to it and it's fantastic. Just like Ken Goodrich's book, um, HVAC, um, the, um, I forget the name of his book now. I've read it quite a few times, but uh yeah. Well, thank you. Uh, thank you for joining me. Um, and I thanks again it. for everyone for tuning in on this podcast. And uh, so, um, yeah, this podcast proud, proudly brought to you by Service Success Academy. Obviously, Alan, thanks for having me on. Um, one thing I do want to say, if you guys are looking for an event that's going to help change your business, uh, this is what we do. Profit Rocket throws the biggest, best home service event of the year. Uh, this year, we're coming to Austin, Texas. It's going to be September 27th through 29th. We do things a little bit differently. It's not like your old school trade show. I'm bringing in some of the best young entrepreneurs that are in the home service space that have grown and scaled multi-multi-million dollar businesses in today's market. So unlike listening to a guy that's been doing it 20, 30 years ago, he doesn't understand today's market, doesn't understand today's consumers. These are guys that are doing, literally in the last five years have built businesses from zero to over $10 million in revenue and are making massive amounts of profits and exiting these businesses big time and making a lot of money. The big thing with Profit Rocket is we're going to teach you not only how to run a great business, but how do we run that business, grow it fast and sell it fast because along the young entrepreneur we want to do, we want to get in, we want to get out, we want to enjoy our life. And I think that's what Profit Rocket's all about. How do we scale it fast, make our money and go enjoy our lives while we're still young? So if you guys get an opportunity, come out to Austin, Texas, September 27th through 29th. I got amazing speakers. I got um, some amazing lineups and I got amazing parties that we're known for our after parties. I got Rick Ross. Chase Rice. I got a, uh, what's his name? Got a bunch of good speakers. Go to call profit or go to events.callprofitrocket.com. Get signed up. You won't, you won't regret it. There's a reason why this is the must attend event every single year. Fantastic. And if someone wants to get in contact with you, Victor, best contact details. Yeah. I mean, obviously the best way to reach out to me is on social media. Uh, Facebook is usually the best, uh, just Victor uh, Rancor, R-A-N-C-O-U-R. Reach out to me, uh, follow my my Facebook group, which is Profit Rocket Home Service Group. We have over almost 6,000 contractors in there or something like that. You can ask questions, you can get a hold of me. Um, if you're looking to grow and scale your business and you're looking how to understand financials, how to understand operations, that's what we do at Profit Rocket too. So just go to callprofitrocket.com, uh, sign up for a demo and see what we're all about. Uh, but Alan, like I said, I don't, I don't got the trade school like you guys. I ain't training technicians, and and that's something that you know, I'm, me and you are gonna have some conversations about, and and Not how to. we can help help push your business too, because. I'm not in the training business. I'm in, I'm in the co business coaching business. So I want to be able to you know go back and forth. Fantastic. Well, thank you again, Victor. And uh, really do appreciate you for joining me and uh, everything you're about. Cheers, buddy. Cool. Take care. Thanks, brother. Bye.